Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 57 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning shot of uncommon sense for people in the business of helping others through tutoring, teaching and coaching. And before we start, I just remind you, I'm always eager to hear from you, your stories, your insights, as well as your questions and problems. So get in touch. It's info at neilcamado.com. So here we go. Episode 57, Teaching with Stories. Now, right up front, I'll confess to loving stories of all kinds, whether I'm telling the story or listening to other people's stories. So let's have a look at it. And as always, I'm giving you my completely subjective opinion, telling you what's worked for me as a teacher. Now, we humans have been telling each other stories as far as we know since the first of our ancestors learned to speak, and perhaps even before that, by acting the story out and gesturing. So why are stories so important to us as teachers? Well, firstly, they help us make sense of the world. Every culture has its own creation myths of how the world came into being. And it's a way of dealing with the really big question of what, what are we doing here? Where do we come from? Stories help us to pass down biography and insights of, of great people. And this is why they're such a massive part of religious texts. All story based. Stories are a storehouse, a warehouse, if you like, of information and wisdom. They also give us templates to live our lives by, to compare our experiences to. And at the same time, they exercise our imagination. They prompt us to ask the great question, what if? And the other great question, and what else? And then the killer, what next? They also teach lessons covertly. If you're just teaching, you can come across as preaching. Sneaking your message, your content, if you like, into a story package is a great way of bunging it in under the radar of students and friends. So I think it's very important that we go about creating, finding, borrowing and using stories because they're a great resource for us in our business. Stories can refer to familiar things for a student and attach your new ideas and knowledges to it. That makes it more sticky, more comfortable for them. As I said, we can bung them in under the radar. We don't have to make a fuss about the message. We can just slip it in within a story. Now, the great thing for me about stories is that we can use the characters within our stories to provide an admittedly fictional or factional, if you like, social proof of, of what we say and add to its perceived value. That makes it more acceptable to students especially. And we want our stories to be sticky so that people will learn better with us so that we can be perceived and valued as better teachers. Remember, it's easier to think and remember a story than it is to remember a lot of statistics and abstract concepts. 
So stories then are a, a container of learning across all religions and cultures, urban myths even. Stories help us to conjoin ideas, model behaviour, understand the world. And they're sequential too, which means that they help to link ideas together. Now, there is a generic story structure which powers the majority of the world's great stories, according to a guy called Joseph Campbell in his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, in which he compared mythologies from all around the world and all across history and came up with something called a monomyth, which we probably know better as the hero's journey. And across all the cultures and time frames, the story seems to be the same, the structure of the story. Stage one is the departure. It's where the future hero is compelled to, or chooses to, leave their normal world. Stage two is the initiation. This is where the change in the hero takes place. They're tested, they're changed, often traumatised, and they discover who they really are and what's most important to them. And the third stage, the final stage, is the return to normal life after the change, bringing back their discovery and insights from their extraordinary journey with them. Now, usually within the story, there's encounters with one or more mentors or wise persons. So you might recognize the pattern from the stories you've read and the films you've watched. I mean, just think of Luke Skywalker in the original Star Wars movie. He's called to action by the message from Leia and the murder of his aunt and uncle. He then decides to escape from his home planet of Tatooine to join the rebellion. Now, guided by Obi-Wan, Solo and others, Luke begins to learn about the Force, who he really is and what his true abilities are. That's the second stage. And finally, after destroying the Death Star in the daring rebel raid, Luke re-enters the normal world, completely changed, and naturally embarks on the next stage of his journey. So I personally love to use stories to encapsulate the big ideas of my guitar teaching and the, the way I came to develop the teaching system that I have. And it's a sticky way to bring a lot of ideas to life to make the small technical details more memorable for my students, more fun for my students and more consistent for me too. So I'll give you an example, and it's about biomechanics. Now, on its own, biomechanics sounds a bit sort of, <laughs> uh, maybe even sciencey and geeky. It's not very sticky. So I tell them how I got interested in biomechanics and how it changed forever how I play guitar. Now, just to preface this, in my teaching room, there is an old uh, Soviet parade banner. It's a big red velvet thing, about two metres by one and a half metres. Sumptuously embroidered in gold with a quote from Marx, a picture of Lenin. And in Cyrillic, the actual text and the reason why the banner is made. It's a commemorative banner for 50 years of the Russian Revolution. It's a souvenir from when I was, worked in Eastern Europe. Now, my story is completely true, except for the name of the person involved. 
I'll explain why in a second. Back in the 90s, I worked for some very interesting characters in Kiev, in the Ukraine. By popular understanding, you'd say I worked for the Russian Mafia. I was a British casino manager who went over to Eastern Europe and spent two and a half years running around in what I can describe as a, a very Wild West environment, having a great time. Now, to keep my staff out of trouble and out of the bars when we finished work, we'd often sit around and jam. We had several guys who played guitar and sang, a couple of piano players. So we had a jam band after work and we'd often party. Now, one evening, well, evening, so it's still evening until I've been to sleep. It would have been after six o'clock because that's when the casino closed. After 6 a.m., we were jamming away merrily, mangling a few Beatles tunes. And at the time, I'd been playing for 19 years, and I was pretty awful. Um, my hands are absolutely tiny, so I struggle with just about everything on the guitar. And, of course, being a metalhead, I was mauling and mangling at it and trying to get overcome the instrument with brute force. And my bodyguard, Oleg, was watching us play and asked me in Russian, why are you fighting your guitar? Are you stupid? Now, I wasn't sure that I'd understood exactly what he'd said. So I asked Irina, one of our waitresses, to translate because she had way better Russian than I did being a native speaker. And eventually, Irene was able to tell me that Oleg thought I was using all the wrong muscles in my forearm to try and use force on the instrument so that my fingers no longer operated correctly. And Oleg said, make a fist. So I made a fist. And then he said, squeeze. I squeezed. And he said, that's how you play guitar, and that's why you're shit. Now, that got me interested in biomechanics. And what I understood that was that when I balled my hand up into a fist, and at this point I'll have my student ball my hand up into a fist, I couldn't wiggle my fingers, so I have my students make a fist and then try to wiggle their fingers. And then I say, could you imagine doing that for nearly 20 years and not noticing that your fingers didn't operate? Maybe I was stupid. But I went away from that room and I started to think about how my hand and my fingers actually operated. And on my next trip back to the UK, I bought a physiology book that explained the basic structures of the human hand. And nobody talked about this stuff in any of the guitar books that I'd read. No one covered this kind of level of technique, and it changed what I was doing. Later on, everything changed, but that's another story. Notice the structure? I was a frustrated guitar chump who meets the wise person, Oleg. Oleg challenged my understanding. I then began to reconsider everything I thought I knew. And once I understood that, everything had been changed. And I came back to my normal world of guitar playing and music with new understandings about myself and my passion. 
Yeah, there are stories after stories in what I do. Stories within the stories. The stories are everywhere. In life, every message or idea can be made more memorable when it's wrapped in the right story. I mean, just think of Newton and the apple falling on his head. That's a great story. And it's why we think of Newton when we think of gravity. It's all about the apple. So are you using stories in your teaching? If you are, share them with me. Info at neilcanwidow.com. And if you're going to be using more stories, get busy. Start creating sticky, memorable stories to sneak ideas under your student's radar to make you more entertaining, compelling and valuable as a teacher. I have a lifelong love of stories. From the earliest books and the bedtime stories to the tall tales of my mates today, there have always been and always will be stories to tell and to listen to. So that's my 10 cents worth about stories. What do you think? What caught your ear in this episode? And how are you getting on putting the ideas to work in your business? Let me know. It's info at neilcanwidow.com. Till then, I'll see you in the next episode, where I'll be sorting through the multiple myths, mysteries and misunderstandings that we all face in the tutoring game. Separating the facts from the fictions, distilling it down to the bare bones so you'll learn exactly what to do to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. Join me next time for another fun-packed episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.